Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, this is another SSP whistleblower, Daryl James, who uh, just recently came forward on Super Soldier Talk, uh, YouTube channel with James Rink. And it was his first time ever coming forward outside of his therapy sessions. So uh, his story is incredible. His testimony is incredible. He's former US Navy. Um, we're going to do a two-part episode here, so we're not going to waste a whole lot of time. I do want to let you guys know really quick, Aaron and I will be speaking at a conference in Sedona, the Great Family of Light Gathering, July 23rd through the 25th. Yep. Tickets are on sale, $333 uh, for the weekend or $111 for the live stream. And you can get those tickets. We'll have a link below, familyoflight.info. And you can get the tickets there. So come hang out with us in Sedona. It should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, you guys know the promo codes. Journey to Truth 10 for 10% off the Hope All Farm CBD. Uh, and that gets you, yeah, uh, shit, 10% off. <laughs> 10% off. <laughs> yeah, I just said it. 15% uh, off of Teespring with promo code CGI Joe. Um, we could change that to Deep Fake Joe. Yeah, Clone yeah we gotta do yeah. something else now yeah <laughs> somebody and then obviously 10 percent off with uh, promo code truth in all caps for the omnia radiation balancer which you guys just watched the commercial for so uh with that out of the way welcome to the show daryl glad to have you on man oh thank you yeah so uh just just from what i know of your testimony the little the little that i've heard um it's it's quite fascinating your memory recall is incredible and I really want to kind of go in chronological order. How this happened from your time in the military, uh, explain the recruitment process and just how you found your way into the programs. Yeah, um, I just got back from Iraq and uh, I got stationed at, it was called JMS RAF St. Morgan, Joint Maritime Force slash Royal Air Force in St. Morgan, uh, Air, Royal Air Force Base. And uh, what year was this? This was in 2003. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I got to the base and it was just like, it was like a weird base. It was even like the first class when he picked me up, we went to McDonald's. He said, you know, this is a weird base, man. Like even like everybody kind of had, I don't know, weird stories about the base. It was a strange base. But anyways, um, I had watch. No, wait, 
they called me up like my third day there and they had me do security for some Siemens guys. They were uh, just workers, like uh, civilian workers at Siemens. And uh, they had me at security and I escorted them at the underground base. And it was the first time I went to the underground base. And I just went in and uh, when, when you first go in, there's a sliding glass door and uh, there was like a metal detector it looked like. And they didn't want to go through. I remember the, the head guy, he said, I'm not going through that bloody thing. And he walked around it. So I didn't want to go around in it either because he didn't want to. So I went to walk around it. But then the guard that was there, he said, no, you walk through. And I looked at it and I just thought, well, it's a metal detector. So kind of big deal. So I just went through it. I was there with him for a few hours watching him. Then we left. Then I had watch on Friday. I had the zero to four, balls to four, zero hundred to four, midnight to four a.m. and uh, I met um, a guy named Michael Aquino. He's, I think he was a colonel in the army. And I just remembered him from Oprah as a kid. He had, you know, he has like turned up eyebrows. Like yeah, normal. yeah. And uh, he was looking through papers, like at the desk. Like he was looking through files at the quarter deck. And, um, and I was just doing rover watch. So I, I just I introduced myself to him. I said, you know, good evening, sir, just out of respect. And I, I stood next to the chair until he said I could sit down. I sat down and I talked to him for a while. and. I don't know. He just gave me the, I just didn't want to be around him. I knew who he was. And I just said, you know, excuse me, sir, I'm going to go on another round. And that was about it. And um, then I had watched the next Friday, which doesn't happen much. Another zero, a hundred, four watch. And um, that time there was a, like a heavy set uh, first class petty officer with a blonde mustache, a blonde guy. And he, uh, pointed at the mod, the computer monitor, it was just a regular computer. And he said, uh, hey, what do you think about that? And he pointed at the screen and it was just like a stereotypical, like little gray that you see like, you know, on TV gray. or whatever. Just a gray alien, just like a... It was yeah. just a little one, it was looking up like at the corner of like a room and it was motionless. So I thought it was just like a picture. I didn't think it was like anything else. I was like, oh, what did you get that off the internet? And he said, look, and next to that sliding glass door, there's a really, there was a window that was like six inches from the ceiling and six inches from the floor. It's a huge, like, plexiglass window. And it was standing in that room. And he said, look, he pointed at the window. And I said, and I just, I, it, was, it freaked me out immediately. And it was just standing there. And uh, he said, do you mind if it comes in? And I said, uh, does it mind if I stare at it? Because I was just thinking, I don't know, you know, is it like an animal? If I stare at it too long, will it attack me or something? I didn't know what to think. Because I... I didn't have a computer at the time. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't into like any of this stuff. I don't know. I just, I was the guy who worked construction. And uh, he said, uh, no, it doesn't mind. When he said that, it said it too, like in my head, like, like they say, like I heard a voice in my head said, no, I don't mind. And it walked out the door and then the sliding glass uh, door opened and it walked out. And that same guard was uh, behind it with a rifle swung around his shoulder. And um, it had like a little pistol in its hand. And I kept on saying, gun, gun, gun. Like I didn't know what it was. And uh, all three of them, including it, like in my head, again, said it's not a gun. And it showed it to me, like put its hand out. And it, was, it looked like a little silver pistol to me. I didn't know what it was. And so now I'm thinking like maybe it's like one of those syringe things like from Star Trek. And maybe it's going to inject me with something. Or I was, you know, I was trying yeah. to reason this. And so, um, really quick, was this room that you were in? Um, the where you were doing watch, right? Uh, yeah, this was the quarter deck, which is like the uh, I don't know, it's like the lobby of the base. 
you know, it's okay. like where you check in, you know, when you first arrive to a new command, it, you know, it's, it's like and, the brain of the base. And this wasn't, this wasn't underground? No, no, this was, this was right at the, at the front entrance of the underground base. And there's just a, like right before you were underground. And there's just a gray in there working. Yeah, just like in a, in a, in an office room. It was just, yeah, above ground. There's just this gray. And, uh, yeah, so I, um, I was in the chair and it walked towards me and, uh, I don't know what to think. And then it just stopped and it took apart like a cheap government issue Dell computer really fast, like in eight seconds. It like, you know, it took off like, you know, probably eight screws on this side, 12 on the back, eight on the other side. And it was one of those ones you had to slide up, set it down, split it up, you know, cause it was short above its head and split it down. It popped out the two chips of Ram put it on top of the table and there were already other two chips there. You know, it had to reach above its head because it was small and it grabbed it and it slammed those other two chips in. Then it slid the top back on and it still had the screws in its hand. And it was kind of like, I don't know, like flicking its hand forward and it set it every time perfectly in between its fingers and just boom, boom, boom. And put it back together like in eight seconds. It was insane. It was like a machine the way it did it. And, uh, and then it just stood there and looked at me. And uh, I remember it had really long fingers to the point where it had to have its hands in C-shapes or it would have drug its fingers on the ground. Like it could have picked something up off the ground without bending its back or knees. Really? It had really like thick knuckles, black eyes. It kind of gave you like that spider, when you see a spider, a really big spider feeling, it gave you like a really creepy, uncomfortable feeling when you saw it. And um, it just stood there. And I looked to the left. And it, it like turned over so I could see. And I looked the other side and it turned. It was almost like it was there for me to just observe it. And I looked at its hands and it moved its hands back and forth and let me see that. And then I just almost got kind of bored with it. And uh, it just walked away and the guard walked behind it. And uh, I remember I was like pinching my leg as hard as I could. I was trying to give myself like a blood blister because I thought maybe they were going to wipe my mind or something. So maybe if I had some, some sort of physical injury that I would remember. And the guy said, do you think you're dreaming? And I said, no, I want to remember this. And he said, you'll remember the first class petty officer at the, at the deck at the desk. Yeah, that's what um, Johann Fritz refers to as like an anchor point. Mm -hmm. um, you, you almost hurt yourself. He, he would dig his thumb into his palm and create pain. So you remember. Yeah. So it becomes real. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted some sort of like mark or bruise or something. So in case I woke up in the morning, maybe if they did wipe my mind, maybe I would still remember. Yeah. I didn't know what I, I, I wasn't thinking rationally. I don't think at the time I was just trying to, I don't know, figure this out. But uh, the first guy said, what did you think about that? I, I said, pretty weird. And he said, do you think you could work around something like that? And I said, yeah, I don't see why not. And then he started going on the computer and uh, he started like asking me questions. And he said, you're smart. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, you're really smart. And I said, well, how? I said, like, what, like 140, 150 IQ? <laughs> you didn't even know, really? Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know. And he goes, no, more like 190, 195. And he showed me the screen, and there was just like a bunch of lines, like, uh, and it looked like Missile Command. It was really low tech. Like, military is really low tech because it's harder to hack into. Not all of it, but like certain things, you know what I mean? Like, it's not big time graphics or anything like the movies. It was just a bunch of dots going from left to right. And it was a guy, he said, you're the second smartest person on base. And there's a guy above me and I was right below him. And then it went down a ways. And then it was like everybody else. And he, and he looked at the very bottom. He goes, see, those are the guys you work with. Cause I have some CVs. And he was like, he said, why are you a CV? And I said, well, I had a marijuana paraphernalia charge when I was 19. And I could only do construction or, uh, or be a cook. So, um, he was just typing on the computer and he said, uh, 
what do you like to do? What do, you, do you have any hobbies? Did you just like to surf or anything like that? And I said, I used to play classical guitar in high school when I was a kid. And he's like, oh, you'll, and he goes, oh, like that. And you'll have plenty of time to practice because you'll be an officer. He asked me if I had any uh, tattoos. And I said, no. And he said, good, the Germans don't like tattoos. And I said, Germans. And he's like, yeah, there was Germ there's Germans up there and there's some other stuff. And he was really vague about it. And he didn't call it space or anything like that. He just said up there. And um, and I said, what was that thing? And he says he, he said we don't know, but they've been here as long as us. Are you talking and about the gray? Some, yeah, the gray. And I, I think he was just re referring to ETs in general or something that were on the Earth. It's almost like I, I was confused though. He he goes, we don't know what they are, but they've been here as long as us. So and we got into a war with them, and they were forced underground or something like that. We were in, we were part of the war a long time ago. There was some sort of war, he said. And uh, yeah, so what, what were you saying? I was just going to ask, so prior to seeing that gray, have you had any knowledge up to that point as far as uh, ETs? So it didn't like it. This clearly didn't shock you that much. Oh, man, I was scared. Like, you know, I was thinking about I, I thought about running for, you know, I would I would freak me out. I, I, I've seen the cover of a Whitley Strieber book and stuff like that. But I mean. I, but you didn't I think they were real. Huh? Yeah, you didn't think they were real or. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't think I'd see him on, on this base. This was just some crappy base, as far as I knew. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just a dinky base out in the middle of, like, you know, tin mining and, and cheap, like, cheap wool, selling wool and selling tin were the two main, you know, exports in this area or that. And we were just out in the middle of nowhere. Hiding and, in plain um, sight. Hmm? Hiding, in, hiding in plain sight. I mean, that's that's where these bases are, I think, especially. Yeah, entrances. yeah. And I don't know. Um, he, uh. He told me he he said, "Do you know the guy who always gets the?" Uh, he was talking about the guy who always gets number first place on the PRT test, which is physical readiness test. You know, the most push-ups, the sit-ups, and runs the fastest. And I said, "Yeah, I know that guy." And he he said, "That's me." And I said, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm 35 now." He said, "I joined the secret space program," and he said, "That was me." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "That's why I'm wearing a mustache or something." That's what he said. I'm in disguise, and I didn't know if, like what to believe him. And I remember I started it. I don't know. I started to almost kind of panic or get kind of upset with him because he was just being so nonchalant about it. And he told me, you need to go for another round. And I walked around the base and came back. And I don't know. Um, that was about with that, how much that panned out. And I remember guys the next day, like, were saying, what did you think? You know, like, with this guy named Orlando came up to me. He said, what did you think? And I about what? And he's like, did you see it? you know big black eyes long spindly fingers kind of creepy looking i said oh yeah and i, I actually like forgot about it almost because it was just such a distortion of reality it was almost like i wanted to forget it was almost like a, i thought it was a bad dream at first or something i didn't know how to yeah. really wrap my head around it but yeah and then he said yeah you're i heard you're the second on base and he was kind of like the gossip like he kind of knew everything on base i said yeah he's like you know who the smartest is and i said no he said the xo and that's the executive officer. He's like the second in command on the base. And I was like, oh, okay. And then um, I think that Monday, after I had watched on Friday, I saw him like on Saturday or so, I believe. And then that Monday I talked to, uh, the XO came to my workstation, like in person, which never happens. It's like, they might call you over to their office, but you never just see him in person. And he asked me to go for a walk with him. And um, I did. And he uh once we got to a certain spot you know far far enough away from all the buildings he said um 
have you ever heard of Project uh, Solar Warden that he asked James? And I said, no. And there was, I forget, if you, do you guys know the name of the guy? Was it McKinley? Gary, Mc Gary McKinnon? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, the hacker. That happened like a year ago. And he said, um, 2002, right? Did you hear about that, about them hacking into NASA? And I was like, I was in the uh, battalion at the time. And I said, no, like I really didn't read the paper. I was always working. And he said, well, it's all true. He said, off-world officers and the social security numbers and the ranks and the, you know, the pictures of the cigar-shaped craft over the moon and all this other stuff. He says, it's all, it's all real, all of it. And um, wow. he said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. And he asked me if I ever saw Battlestar Galactica. And I said, yeah. And he said, they look kind of like that. And um, yeah, it was just. Interesting. That's yeah, what, I was just trying to wrap my head around it. That's what uh, um, Johan even said. He used four kilometers. He said, I asked him what size one of the ship was. And he said about four kilometers. Uh, that's massive. Yeah. Like, I don't think we can actually comprehend that. If we saw that flo floating above our That's heads, huge. yeah, yeah. And then I said the mileage, and he knew it exact. You know, he he knew the exact pinpoint, you know, to the to the decimal point of what mileage it would have been. And uh, yeah, he asked me that, and I I thought, and then he said, um, he told me what was going to happen. He he says, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do twenty years, we'll um send you back in time twenty years, age regress you twenty years wipe your memory and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. And um, I mean, I just was thinking of the future and I said, You're like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, like, You're yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> that was one thing I said. I said, well, I can believe time travel and I can believe, you know, all this other stuff, but age regression age regress. didn't seem yeah. reasonable to me. And I said, I, I don't believe that. And he said, well, after what you just saw, you don't believe that? I said, well, touche, sir, but no. And he said, well, it's all true. Like he really had no other... He didn't want to convince me. I was wasting his time as far as he's concerned. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I thought about it. And I said, well, you know, I thought about the future and I thought like, oh, that sounds interesting, but it sounds sad too. In the sense I said, it, well, I said, are there women there? And he said, yes. And I said, well, could I have children? And he said, well, your scores, you'll be expected to have children. And I said, well, we'll have my children. And he said, well, they'll be taken care of. And I said, well, will I ever be able to see them again? And he said, no. And I said, well, that sounds sad. And he says, Mr. James. And he was calling me Mr. now, which is like what officers do to each other. So he was already referring to me as like an officer. He said, Mr. James, I promise you, you won't remember a thing. And I thought about it. And I thought if I was going to do it, I'd do it for something rather than just, I don't know, my ego. And I said, um, but that technology I walked through, it told me if I, it told me that I smoked, I smoked at the time and I drank at the time. And it told me that, you know, I didn't have any blood clots and it told me all this stuff. What technology, what technology did you walk through? The, it looked like a metal detector. It was and, just like something like a metal detector. You walk through at an airport before you went into the underground base. Everybody had to walk through it every day. Oh, okay. And it just, it told all your vitals. It told you everything, not just your IQ, but just everything about you. Yeah. On everything physically you'd imagine this thing brought it up. And I said, um, you know, my father died of a heart attack when I was younger of a, something called a widow maker, they call it, where he had no cholesterol or nothing like that. He just got like a piece of cholesterol on the uh, like arterial wall of his heart and it broke off and it killed him. And it was just that quick. And 
I said, if we had some technology like that, you know, being able to detect blood clots or cholesterol or anything like that, that, that would have saved his life. I, I said, uh, why didn't we have something like that? And he said, well, you know, population control. He started going on about that. And I said, well, you know, there has to be a side where they want to release that to the people. There has to be some sort of, I don't know, side where people want that to be released to just the general public. And he even said, he said, you mean like a traitor? And I said, no, sir. I just mean, you know, there has to be some sort of side. I just kept on saying that. I didn't want to say it any other way. I didn't want people to that care about humanity, or whatever. you know, yeah, in front of an officer. And he said, well, there is. I said, well, if you could get me on that side, then I'll do it. And he said, all right. And then as he was walking away, he goes, oh, and one more thing, Mr. James, you're going to be escorted by a reptile and he's big. Hmm. what and uh he just walked away and i didn't know what to think of that and um when you said reptile were you thinking like a like a upright walking reptile or what no no i like i didn't know what to think there was a time there was also um we were in a in the room playing halo and uh we we're in between games and all this um the guy, one of the guys said, uh, hey, did you see that reptile today? And, I, you know, in my head, I was thinking, oh, like, you know, there must be like lizards underground. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking that, you know, like monitor lizards or something. And um, he's like, yeah, it was big. So then in my head, I'm thinking, oh, a big reptile. And he had to talk weird, too, didn't it? And I said, what? <laughs> and I, I turned around and I said, there's talking lizards underground, like talking reptiles? Like, yeah, yeah, there's talking reptiles underground. And I said, what do they just walk around all fours and they talk to you? And they're like, no, no, they walk upright like us. And it's like, they have feet and hands and everything. And I said, what? <laughs> said, oh, you're new here. You'll see him. Don't worry. Or something like that. And that was it. And then there's another time I was uh, talking to the guy. I was in the barracks and there was, it was after the XO already approached me. And um, I, you know, even though word travels fast on a small base, you know, no matter what, even if it's something like this. And I guess the, uh, the other people knew that I volunteered or something, somehow it got around or something. There was this one guy, he, he was in the room and there was probably four, four or five of us all together. And he's like, yeah, man, I volunteered for the secret space program and I was on the moon and there was women and he was just talking all kinds of stuff. And I was just, I said, well, did the XO talk to you personally? Cause I wanted to know if he was just, if he did this to everybody just to con him into volunteering for it, you know, that he come and he goes, no, I was just at work and they asked me if I wanted to do it. And he's like, well, the XO said that I have 195 IQ and I was going to fly a four kilometer long starship. Like, oh, you're going to be up there. They're going to take care of you and all this other stuff. He was just talking about all the women he slept with in the, on the moon and stuff like that. There were like <laughs> brothels there or something. And he's like, that's how they get you to work. He's like, they put shot collars around your neck and they work, they get you to work through sex and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden something that's like, uh, like a feedback came on, like an intercom feedback. And it said something like, uh, you know, you're in violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice, Articles 34, 36, or something. If you don't stop, henceforth, well, you know, $10,000 in fines and up to 10 years in prison or something like that, it said. And then it said, that'll be all, and it just went off. And everybody got really quiet. And I remember looking around, and I said, is there a speaker in your room? You know, because I didn't know what it was. And they said, no, they don't, they have technology where they don't need speakers. And I, I was like, what was that? And he said, we need to stop talking about it. They didn't want to, they didn't want to get in trouble. And then the next day that guy Orlando told me that this was like 2003. And I remember PT and like running 
around the uh, underground base, and uh, there was a 5G tower. I never saw that before, and it was like the you know the rectangles boxes, and he said that that's what that that's what was I guess one of the things that thing could do. It could beam like a microwave like beam into your room, and you could see in the person's room, and you could hear everything they were saying, and you could talk back to them if you wanted. So it was almost like a way to put a bug in your room without even needing a bug, not even mm-hmm. needing somebody to go into your house to put the bug there. It's like the voice of God technology or voice of skull or whatever they call it. But it's in yeah. a 5G tower is what you're saying? He, he, like, said, the, he said the 5G tower, they, they, they get a concentrated beam, microwave beam to get shot into your room. And it could just they, they had like monitors there where they could just see, just like I'm looking at you guys right now. And they could turn around and look anywhere it wanted and stuff, you know, wow. And, uh, wow. and hear everything in the room. So yeah, that's how I found out about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was asking other guys on base, did you get approached? And I knew a guy named David. He said, no, I didn't want to do it. And, you know, I knew other guys and it seemed like a lot of people didn't want to do it. But I I said, you know, they're going to make me pilot and all this other stuff. It kind of got to my ego, I guess. I fell for it. But uh, yeah, Um, then I had watch on Friday and, uh, so three Fridays in a row, I had watched on a Friday and um, they had me sign like this many papers. I can't even tell you. Like I tried reading them at first and uh, the guy said, if you, if you read every paper, we're going to be here all day. So it just became like, you know, initial here, sign here, here, sign here, sign here. And he was just flipping the papers for me. Yeah. Like, like when you're buying a house. Yeah. 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 yeah that was just, exactly. I mean, it, it took me like, I swear to God, 15 or 20 minutes. It was, it was like a novel worth of papers I was signing. It was insane. Yeah. And then he got on the phone. He goes, all right, send him in. And he, and he hung up. And he goes, sit down. And I sat down. And I was only there for like five minutes. And he goes, go with him. And there was this, in that same window that had, you know, the really low top and everything, there was this huge reptile. And uh, he was wearing like a blue skin tight uniform. And he had brown skin. And um, he had like alligator eyes, like a flat face. I remember his mouth kind of went across and then like went up. And uh, I remember I stood up and I yelled out, Jesus Christ, like, I never saw anything like that in my life. And uh, I said, what is that thing? And he's like, the episode warned you about this. There's going to be a reptile. I, said, I think it's going to be that big. He was mm-hmm. like 14 and a half feet tall, probably. He had to like kneel down in this room. No, he was, he was about nine and a half feet tall. He was about nine and a half feet tall. And uh, there was a kid there. It was a different than the other guard I saw. He was a skinny kid and he had a, like a rifle and uh i said it isn't going to eat me is it and when i said that it sighed like it let a three second in and like a three second out sigh like it like it was like a nine to five to him like it like i heard like people like me before or something and i said can it read my mind and he said yes you can read your mind and i said wow. and, and yeah so it, it go with him now he's yelling and i tried to stall and eventually i just said screw it and i went and um I was walking and on in these bases, they have a red, white, and blue kind of color scheme of lines on the floor and white secret blues, top secret and red is, I don't know what it's called. And red goes everywhere. You know, blue goes fewer, white goes to the least. White just, go, white just goes down the main halls, but left and right hardly goes anywhere. And uh, with the red ones, with was only red, those rooms are just black. There was no lights or nothing. And I thought maybe if you walked into a motion detector, it kind of kicked lights in. We went in there and almost immediately we went down one of the red lines only and there was no light. It was just dark. So I had to get really close to this thing. I guess they could see really well in the dark and uh, just to like remember, just to know where he was. 
and the guard kept on hitting me in the back with his rifle. I didn't know why. And uh, so I thought maybe I'm looking around too much. He hit it again, did it again. And it gets got to the point where I thought like, you know, if he does this again, I'm going to knock, I'm going to, you know, I just got back from my racks. So I didn't care if somebody pointed a rifle at me really. It really wasn't that much of a thing. And yeah. he did it again. And I just threw him on the ground. I put my legs behind his legs and I just pushed them forward until I knocked them on the ground and knocked all the wind out of them. And I lifted the rifle up and I was just holding it, you know, by the, uh, by the barrel. And I, I said, uh, you know, if you hit me with this weapon one more time, I'm going to shove it your ass sideways. And I heard the reptile yaw leave us. And I turned and he got up, he kind of roach crawled back, stood up and he was looking at his weapon, looking at me, looking at the weapon, looking at me. So I just held it out and he grabbed it and he just took off. And when I went to turn around, I was like this close, like in front of him, it was just nothing but blue in front of me. And I looked up and I just saw him like peering over his like chest muscles. He was just huge. And he was just like flexing every muscle he had just to intimidate me. I could tell. And I said, I remember I said, um, I'm sorry for what I said before. You're much more civilized than him. And his eyes were real small. When they get mad, they don't have like uh, face muscles like we do. They don't bare their teeth and they don't furrow their brow. They just get like their eyes get real small. And they'll just like look at you with real small eyes. And his eyes opened up and he just turned around and said, follow me. We walked for a while and there were like, I don't know, golf carts. Did they have like a... Bicycles. Huh? Did, did he have a, any any sort of smell that you remember? Not, I think maybe the musty, but I, I was wondering if it was him or if this the place was musty because it was underground. It had yeah. almost like that a, a cave smell. It was even though it was concrete and stuff like that, it still had like a musty smell about it. Did he have a uh, tail? I think he may have had a small one. Like I said, it was real dark. And I think I might have saw like like maybe like a small little nub coming out, but that was about it. It wasn't like a long tail. I think I think maybe just popping out of that blue tight blue uniform. But See, uh, and what's what's fa interesting to me is that this is all taking place here on Earth before you've even started your tour. Yeah, these things were just underground in this base. They just live there, as mm -hmm. far as I know. And uh, yeah, we were walking, and eventually we got to a like a catwalk, kind of like a stairway going up a wall with with like a pressurized door. And uh, we walked up it and he opened the door and we went in and there was a chair there. And it was like, a it, it reminded me of a gas chamber chair. And I saw one when I was a kid and it scared the crap out of me. Like uh, I saw a gas chamber and uh, I just had like a flashback of that as a kid. And he said, get in the chair. And I did not want to get in it. I thought he was like trying to kill me or something. I, I had no idea what was happening. and. Uh, he grabbed me, threw me in the chair, strapped me in, and I was trying to get away. Like he 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 had my right arm in. He was holding me down with that arm and strapped me in. And I kind of pulled his thumb back, and I was making some headway. And he like headbutted me, I think. And I just kind of blacked out for a second. And I tried doing it again when I when I came to, and he's made like this growl that like uh, alligators do, like the male ones do when they uh like a mating call mm -hmm. like you could just feel it, the percussion like the in your chest you couldn't hear it and then as you got closer like i heard the growl and he said uh don't make me hit you again so i took my thumb and i jabbed him right in the eye because i was just trying to get away i was like scared to death and he just pushed his whole hand against my chest and i could feel like the fingers over here but the palm was right here and he just pressed in with like his body weight until like my chest collapsed in and it hit my heart like started pushing against my heart and i just blacked out and I woke up and I was strapped in and uh, 
you know, I was just trying to get out home on my, and I remember he was like, there was like a, some kind of panel that was on the wall that I couldn't see, like on the, when you first walked, walked in, all I could see was a peripheral of, the, of him just doing something. I don't know what he was doing. And then he looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I have to do this to you. And then, uh, I walked out, he walked out, closed the door and, uh, it was pretty painful. I don't know what it was like. It was, it hurt. And, uh, I talked to the XO later just to get ahead of the story. So it makes more sense before I got out of the command. And he told me that was a density chamber to artificially push you from third to fifth density. Really? And, uh, it needed, he said it needed that, uh, sealed door to build the pressure up to push you up into fifth density. And also, so it wouldn't escape and affect uh, anybody outside. So it had to be like a sealed and closed door like that. Anyways, I woke up and the straps were off me and I saw it. It's, I looked to my right and there were three guys just laying like on a mattress on the floor and they looked like they just picked them up from a club. They had, they looked like club kids or something. Club kids. And, uh, what do you mean? They're dressed up in like street clothes or something? Just like, yeah, it looked like they were just drunk and somebody just like picked them up and you know, I don't know what you used to call that back in the day whenever you'd wake up on a ship, you know what I mean? They just kidnap you and you were like recruited into the British Navy. That's how they used to recruit people in bars and stuff. It oh, seemed like really? the same thing they kind of did here. They just kind of picked people up that were drunk out of clubs and bars and stuff like that and recruited them into the program. Wow. And uh, maybe that's why I spent so much time in the bars. They were trying to. Yeah, they were wearing like, they were wearing like, you know, blousey shirts and one had a motorcycle jacket on they were just wearing like regular clothes and i looked in front of me and uh the reptile's back was pointed towards me and uh there was a guy talking to him and he was a first class petty officer on the base and i didn't recognize him until later and he looked like a, a gestapo he had like slick back with palmade like an undercut haircut blonde and he was wearing like a black leather trench coat and had you know black leather knee-high boots and um I slid off the chair and I remember like one of the footrests hit me in the back and it hurt. And I was just kind of like swaying around. And I said, uh, they both looked at me and, uh, I, I said, can I go to bed now? I think, cause it was like, you have, you have amnesia. I didn't know what was happening. It was just, I was really loopy. It just felt really weird. And I fell down to my hands and knees and I remember his boots in front of me and he yelled out, uh, I should have you executed for what you did to my man. And he was yelling, do you hear me? And I fell down on my side and uh, the reptile said, uh, doesn't matter. He doesn't remember. And then I remember um, being carried by it like a duffel bag, like under the arm. It was just carrying me like that. My head was facing in the back and I could just look around and see everything passing me. And I remember I said, you know, I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I have to pee. I just kept on yelling that and it just ignored me. And then um, I saw lights. And I'm guessing I went through a portal because it found out later that, uh, I was on the moon. It was just like that quick. Like you just walked through something. I saw a bright light and then uh, I laid me down on the table and then I laid me down on a bed and it was, I looked around and it looked like a hospital bed, but it was really big. Like it could have been made for one of them, just like the chair. It was really big. Like it could have been made for one of them, but it had the guardrails on the sides and stuff. And I heard like ripping and tearing. And uh, I looked over and there was a woman and she had like, uh, she was tearing out, you know, heart monitors, little stickers, like from a sterilized pack and stuff like that, sticking them on me. And, I saw one of those LED like hospital lights, the round ones with the little small LEDs everywhere. And um, he said he has to urinate and I heard a big rip and then uh, she put a catheter in me. And then I just uh, kind of, I asked her if I could hold her hand. I don't know why I, I was like a little kid. It was weird. It was like, I had no memory. I, 
it was just amnesia. And then I, I, uh, I passed out and then um, woke up the next day and she was there and she gave me like physical tests. And then, uh, you know, put, put your fingers between mine, squeeze, just stuff like that. And she had, you know, smart glass patterns. The first time I saw one was like a plexiglass and she could do things like kind of put her fingers in it and pull images up and spread it out and then kind of magnify it. And then she could spin it around. And it was just like a, it was like a, a stereotypical, it was like a picture of a, a humanoid with, and it looked like she was looking at my, I don't know, blood pressure, bloodstream, sure. nerves, things like that. She could kind of see all that with the smart glass pad. Um, I'm going to slow you down just for a second. Um, going back to the base. So you, you just went through a portal from a base here on earth and you ended up on the moon. Yeah. And which we've heard from um, almost every insider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what base exactly was this um, that you were on? You, you, you might've said it earlier, but just for the audience. St. Morgan. Um, so, and then where's that exactly located? Uh-huh. Where's that located? Um, That's in England. England? Okay. Yeah, Nuki. Okay. Nuki, England. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she was leaving, and I was just like, you know, don't leave. I was just kind of like a kid. I was like, I, don't, I didn't want her to leave me. I didn't want to be there for 12 hours again. She was, I guess I was going to get tested again. And uh, I said, I don't know. I just said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I, all I know is uh, I don't want you to leave me. I was like, and then she just, I don't know. She just took my hand, and we went out. and. Uh, there were these lifts, four lifts. I immediately saw like four. We looked like we were in a condo, like inside of a courtyard of a condo. And uh, I looked up and the, like the ceiling was this bright, bright light. And I looked on either side of me and it looked like there were trains. And there were, and it looked like we were in between shifts because there was a lot of hustle and bustle. There was a lot of men with like white or gray suits on, kind of grayish suits. And it was just people, you know what I mean? Like from Earth, it just looked like humans from Earth. And they were all walking around and they go to the trains. And there was like a lot of women up on the, uh, like, like the condo areas, like waving with uh, holding babies and stuff like that, or having kids with them and stuff like that. And uh, she took me to one of the lifts. The lift just came down. There was no railing or anything like that. And we walked on it and it went up and it just it went right to her room. And uh, I remember there was a woman with a kid and she was standing there. There was no railing. And I, and I looked at her and I said, aren't you afraid you're going to fall? Because we were like five stories up and there was no railing. And she said, oh, no, you can't fall. And she just walked out. And there was just like a field or something that you could walk on. And she said the kids like to play on it. They're, they're not supposed to. But I said, how far does it go? She goes all the way against the other wall. You can just walk all the way across and they wow. won't fall. And then uh, we went to a room and it was real, just bare bones, kind of Spartan, just like a couch, a table, a bar with four chairs. And we went to a room and we started kissing. And she said, uh, what's your name? And I said, I don't remember. And she said, come on, think everybody remembers their name. And I thought about it. And I said, Daryl. And then, and it's, I'm going to explain it like this, because this is how it happened to me. It was like, right after that, it, I just woke up. And I was like, back in England, like in my in, in the in my room. And I kind of had, I kind of had memories of people in like, blonde hair people in blue suits. And then I, it was just kind of like, I, I thought I was having a nightmare about being tortured and I heard people laughing or something like that. And I remember being carried at night. And then I just like woke up here and I looked out my window and I was back in England and my uniform was laid like perfectly on my chair, but the chair was in front of me and my slacks were laid down first. And then the top was laid down and then my tie and then the shoes were underneath. And it was just something I never would have done. You know, I would have put it in the closet or something. 
and I was still wearing my socks and my boxer shorts. And, you know, I just think with shorts on, I still have my t-shirt on my socks. And I was like, what is happening? And I was even like, yelling, like, I, I was with somebody. I was like, I was like with this woman. I didn't know what had happened. And I, I walked out of the room and there were one of the guys was there and he was kind of like cocky and thought he was like the head guy at the barracks. And he goes, he goes, you made it. And I, I said, what? He's like, 20 years is a long time. He's like, you made it back. And I didn't know like what was happening. And huh. I don't know. It just freaked me yeah. out. So, so then all your memories came like later then. Yeah. Like the thing is, is I had memories, but it wasn't until the XO really started talking to me before I left the command that he just started telling me everything. And uh, it turned cool. out like he was almost like a dad to me and stuff. He kind of adopted me. You know, he just looked out for his people. You, I would see him every now and again. He would visit and stuff. So and you he were, told me like, he'd been, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry too. I, what age were you exactly? um when when you were taken and brought back i was um 25 25 okay Mm -hmm. and then so and then how many more years did you finish out in the military in the navy before um i got at 27 i got it right after this 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 really messed me up yeah this screwed me up okay yeah this like he even said he like yeah that was one of the things he was trying to get me to go back in the chair to get my mind rewiped and everything else but I, i just started having memories and memories and memories but uh, yeah. Um, so you started talking to the XO, and that's how stuff came back. Yeah, that's like, like he told me a lot, and that's how I I remembered a lot of it. He just he told me a bunch. I was in the office with him for like an hour, and we just talked. And uh, but I mean, in between this, it was this weird stuff was happening. Like there was a bar on base, and there were these British guys in the bar, and I remember like uh, this big goon guy, like he had a shaved head and he was big, and he said like. He said something like, oh, it's the king of the Tigetans. He's like, that's what you said you were. He's like, you could play guitar. And Aquino really fucked you up, man. And like, you, you just, you told him that. And that's why he let you go. But, you know, I thought you were full of crap. But, you know, he believed you. And I remember the other guys that were sitting on the bar, they're like, you know, stop saying that. He's not, you're not supposed to say stuff like that. And it was really weird. And I didn't know, like, what was, but I kind of went to that bar just to hear what this guy had to say about me. It was like this weird kind of, I would go back and forth to this bar and it was like this weird kind of fascination I had of a he memory knew, that I didn't remember at all. Yeah. He knew more than you did, I guess. Um, yeah. And he, he seemed to know like all stuff about me and I, I didn't know. I, he's like, you play guitar. And I was like, I did when I was like in high school. He's like, Oh yeah. Da, da, da. And he was going on about stuff. He knew about me. It's strange. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this guy from Adam. And he was weird. So you said, okay. He said, Aquino really messed you up. Um, I remember hearing you um, talk about in the, your interview with James about the uh, children in cages and stuff. What, what part of the story was that in the programs or was that here on earth? That, you, that, that was on that base, deep underground, like in caverns of that same base. That wasn't on moon or anything. That was on that base. And can you tell us a little bit about what was going on there? You want me to yeah, fast forward to that? I, uh, well, uh, is it fast forwarding? I mean, we, we can stay in order. I didn't know. I thought maybe. I mean, well, as far as as far as I remember it, as far as the re- my recall went, this is like how my recall went. But yeah, it was just. And I remember that guy, Orlando. It was like, seemed like people knew something and they were trying to get me to remember or something. Because I did get, like, everybody knew. I met that same first class on the bar out in town. He was like sitting in the shadows. He was like, dude, you know, Michael Kino messed you up, man. He's like, God, and like, it seemed like it was like a rumor spreading around base where everybody heard about this, me being like tortured for a couple of days. 
I was like, yeah, man, he just messed you up really bad. And he was telling me about it. And uh, are you familiar? Huh? Are you familiar with Rebecca Rose? No. Um, she's she has a testimony that includes um, Michael Kino also. Um, yeah, yeah. She she has memories with him as well. Just I I just think that's interest, interesting how it corroborates. But continue. Yeah, and uh, anyways, yeah, it just went on like that, and uh, I would go to this bar sometimes. These guys would talk about this, and that guy Orlando, he said, um, just out of the blue, it was weird. He said, uh, you know, one of the first classes was telling me there's a machine that can extract your soul, and they have to do it when you're uh you know old enough because the body is mostly stationary because it's just being used as a tool so you can't be like four or five or you'll get brittle bones and you'll get sick and die the body will but they have to do it before puberty for some reason he said that's what they did to michael latino and he's like this guy you know he just said this out of the blue to me almost like he was trying to see if i remembered what happened to me everybody kind of knew about it and i said really he's like yeah i saw one time i saw chino in the break room and i went on a 12-hour shift when I came back, he was just sitting in the same exact spot, just staring at the wall, like nothing was there. And he was, and I, I said, really? He goes, yeah. And he's like, one of the first class petty officers told him about some sort of machine that can do that. And that's what Makino was. I said, well, what controls Akino? And he says, well, I don't know. I, I was like, you know, like he just talked about how like another consciousness can go into this body now and control it like a puppet almost. Wow. And I was like, well, wow. you know, what happens is that who controls him? And he said, I don't know. He didn't know who it was. And, uh, it's probably what's going on in the political arena right now as well. I'm guessing, yeah, this machine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that went on for a while. And then I was getting out of the command. And um, I saw the Master Chief first. And then I saw the XO. And uh, when I saw the XO, he looked, like, really sad. And he uh, stood up real slow. And he um, walked to the end of the table, but he just did it like that. He was just, he just appeared at the end of the table. It was insane. I thought I had a stroke for a second. And uh, then he, he did it again. He, he, then he was right in front of me, like a foot in front of me. I took a foot back, a step back. And it was because he was higher density. I, I, you know, that's why ETs appear they can do things like peer out of nowhere or walk through walls and stuff like that. Because when, mm -hmm. when you're a higher density, you can do really fast motions and movements and things like that. And he was kind of like letting me know. And he just looked really sad. And he said, uh, can you hear what I'm saying to you? And he said it telepathically. And I said, uh, and at first I said, yes. And it, he wanted me to like give him like a physical gesture. So I nodded my head, yes. And he said, uh, he just started going on about all these things that happened to me. And I wanted some sort of timeline to uh, remember. And I, I said, I remember I was in uh, on the moon. And in, in, I, I, I remember being in mines, and I remember that part, but that's really all I remembered. And um, he said, I said, how long was I there? He said, three months. And I said, where were those mines? I said, were they on Earth? Because I didn't really know at the time. He said, they were on the moon. I said, I was on the moon? He said, you were on Mars, too. I said, he said, in the dark fleet. I said, how long was I on Mars? He, I said, how long was I in the dark fleet? He said, two years. And then I said, and the rest of the time I was in Solar Warden, because I, I remember that conversation I had with him. I said, the rest of time I was in Solar Warden, he said, you were with them, is how he put it. And uh, I thought about it, and I said, uh, I started looking at Billy Meyer's stuff. I, I just bought a computer there, and I was looking at Billy Meyer's stuff for some reason. And I said, they're the uh, Pleiadians, right? And he said, we call them Nordics. 
And I said, what do they call themselves? He said, Tigetans. And uh, then he, I, he told me that I would remember my memories in real time, is how he put it. In other words, as it's happening to me there, he said, he kind of explained there's like two of me, you know, on the same timeline. And I'm going to, whatever the, the me up here has a memory that stands out to that person, I'm going to like remember that. That's like how it works. It's like, I, I don't know like the future of me of what's happening. I don't remember it, even though I've already come back. But it's not until I come back where I'll become like whole again is how he kind of explained it. Wow. Like it's not until I get out of the time loop where I'll be whole again. I've heard similar things like, uh, yeah, like even sometimes a pain. Is is this true? Like a pain that your body goes through in the SSP, you might actually feel some some of that here in this body or do you not have any experience with that? I don't really have experience with that, but the memories are, yeah, are having, you know, because not, not every day you remember it's, it's monotonous like anything else, but certain things stand out to you, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was just telling me about that. And um, so I've heard that about the Pleiadians also, that they don't call themselves, Ple- they only refer to themselves as Pleiadians for our benefit. Well, Pleiadians, a whole star system. So like Tegeta is a planet in the Pleiades, right? I think it's a star. Or it's a star. It's a star. Sorry, yeah. it's a star. Yeah. So it's probably the solar system of that star. They would be the Tegetans. And then there's... um. There's another one that's also Pleiadians. I can't remember. Alcyon, is it? Maybe. I mean, I don't, I I don't actually. I can't remember. There's another one that I've heard like the Tigetans are like the good Pleiadians. And then there's another one that are like the negative, negatively oriented ones. But, and then but it, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I just heard that. But, and the Germans call them Nordics for. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, the military, the U.S. military, too. You know, military kind of has a nickname for everything, and they call them Nordic. Okay. Because they're, like, tall and blonde hair. Yeah, they're pretty tall. There's, like, a warrior cast, and they're taller, and then there's, like, a regular cast. The regular men are probably about 6'4", and the warrior about 7 foot, and the women are about 5'9", I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just how it went for me. And uh, so... I mean, I just started having memories after that. He just started, I don't know if you want me to tell everything he told me right then and there, but. Uh, well, it's up to you if it's, if you think it's relevant to the story as far as helping, uh, helping people understand. Um, yeah. This is only my second time telling it. So I don't know if I should bob back and forth the way it kind of felt like to me, or should I just tell it the way it happened in real time? Like the way it happened. I don't know. Um, whatever yeah, feels, I mean, nat- whatever feels natural, just tell it yeah. how you remember it. If that's easier. Um. Yeah, he told me about that, and he told me that for him it was only five days ago where Aquino tortured me. He time traveled a lot. He told me he was he told me he was uh 400 years old, even age regressed that many times. Wow. And uh, he said that after 40 years it could be detrimental to your psychological welfare, like it could be psychologically harming to you. And he said he had it done it over 400 times. I said, how often do you go for a psyche eval? And he said like twice a month, like every two weeks, he had to get a psychological evaluation. Yeah, he just um, told me he looked similar to Mike Pence, if you ever heard that. And he said that like pe- people from his timeline look like Mike Pence. He said that they have uh, black hair, black eyebrows, brown eyes, usually sometimes blue eyes. Their hair begins to salt and pepper at uh, 
40 years old and by the time they're 50 it turns pure white and their eyebrows turn white at 70. I asked him what the life expectancy was and he said 110. I said oh that's awful. It's like Star Trek's 120. Yeah. And he <laughs> and uh he said that he went on about how he was trying to change the timeline or something so we could reach our full potential and that was like his mission and stuff like that. But uh how many people in the within the military actually know or are aware of the secret space program? Like, is it? He told uh, me, yeah. He told me. He said, when you get your uh, your eagles, he said. I said, what's? And I, I was kind of really disoriented. I said, what? And he goes, and he pointed at his rank, and he said, uh, it's based off the Roman eagle. He said, uh, captain in the navy and colonel and all the other branches. He says they all know about the uh, secret space program. And are we allowed to say, you know, say, say it all? Whatever they you want to say about yeah, he they know about the children in the underground bases and the adrenochrome and all that, and a lot in these yeah. underground bases are used primarily as just like trafficking this drug, this adrenochrome drug. That's what it's for. And uh, he told me he got more in depth about that, and he told me that uh, the cages were electrified, and they would electrify the cages. And I got a really close up good look of it, and I remember seeing there were about three sixteenth. Uh, wide the bars and really flat and they look copperish because i got real up close to one of them and he said yeah they shock them until they're unconscious they take them out and then they uh take a pint or two of blood out of them and uh i said well some of them are very young i said wouldn't that kill like taking especially two pints out of like a toddler some of them were like four or five years old others were like you know nine ten and uh he says it does and he said that they uh grind them up in a machine that looks like a wood chipper and they feed them to the others the other kids and that's what they eat and God. he said when they uh they hit puberty they're no good to them anymore and they slit their throats because of not they're they don't have as many stem cells i guess is what he said and they grind them up and they feed them to the other kids and that's so, they were white they were very very white like ghosts like they never like went outside or they never left those cages or anything like that probably no muscle mass or anything like that for sure yeah and they were like feral you could just tell that you know they were like feral and you actually uh, you actually witnessed these this yeah i mean if, yeah i mean i'll go to that part because this is part of it um when they were dragging me um after i came back for poking that reptile in the eye aquino like one of the messed me up that was the thing and uh i remember there was a girl dragging my right side and a, a man dragging my left side, a woman and a man. And uh, the woman said, I, I'm tired. She said, he's heavy. Uh, let's take a break. And they, she kind of like dropped my arm and he was just holding on to one side and I was looking around and uh, this little girl like just scurried up and like slammed the front of the cage. And uh, she hit the cage and said, get the fuck back. And uh, the girl kind of like lynched back. And I looked around and there was just like almost like dog kennels, like stacked on top of each other, probably five high by about five wide. And it was just a bunch of kids, like little kids in these uh, like little dog kennels is what it looked like. Wow. Yeah. That's just... And then behind them was like a type of like chimera type of thing. And uh, it looked like it was like a uh, the lower half of a spider with like the torso of a man coming out. And uh, what the at the elbows it was like spider hair almost it was like flesh normal flesh and then it became like like a wiry black hair and it just had like the uh, claws of a spider like the prongs like two black prongs for hands and its eyes were like a spider in the sense that it, they were in the front but then they went up the side of the head and it had like a tuft on top of hair and it had fangs 
and it was just staring at the wall in front of it and it was in like almost like a zoo cage kind of thing it had bars and everything but it was just motionless like the way a spider would be and just stared at the wall in front of it and uh i remember whenever they drug me into the room and they said uh they some of the satanists said let's just feed him the max and the another one said no we'll wait for a kino and uh robert the xo he told me that that's what they called the uh whatever it was, hybrid chimera, they called it Max. He said they were going to feed you to it. And uh, I said, why did they do I said, why did they do that? And he said that reptiles like to do that because uh, human DNA is the most malleable DNA in the universe. They like to experiment with it. They do things like that with it. They make hybrids and stuff. Holy cow. And then, and this guy is on Oprah Aquino. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. it just yeah. makes you wonder how many other celebrities and people are involved in, in this and which we know a lot are, you know, and there's, there's a lot of discrepancies and controversy about proof or evidence of it, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the A-list celebrities are involved. Oh yeah. That's what he, and he was going off. He was just going off. Yeah. He, he said, do you know the guys from uh, South Park? And I said, yeah, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. I said, I know them. And he's like, remember when they went to the Oscars? And I said, yeah, they went in drag and they were on acid. He's like, yeah, that's because they hate them. I said, what do you mean? He goes, they hate Hollywood. He's like, they know what they are. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, they're scum. They're just scum. He was just talking about how much he hated them. And he told me about the adrenochrome episode of South Park. And that was supposed to be like a soft disclosure to get ready for the for the actual real disclosure of this happening. It was kind of seen in an over-the-top kind of comedial way because it like I guess the, the White Hats of the military actually approached them and said, would you like to do this episode? And they said, yes. And he, he said that that's what that was about, that episode. It was about how much, and he just, he talked about how, you know, he said Tom Hanks was like the uh, kingpin of it, of the adrenochrome thing, and he said he they got him in Australia, and that's what that whole uh, where he supposedly caught the uh, coronavirus in Australia. He said the coronavirus would be like code word for kind of like this person's been taken out, and like this celebrity got corona, this celebrity got corona. That's, and he talked about how that's, uh, that's what a lot of us suspected anyway. So yeah, that's confirmation. And yeah. that's and that's whenever they were all panicking, getting on Twitter, going live, and they were like clearly speaking in code, in code to, each, to other. each other. And they're like and the cards and stuff. They were like show like yeah. Oh, I'm doing a card trick, and it Tom was Hanks clearly like we're all go down or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And then that yeah. David Spade said that. Yeah, he said yeah. If, if Tom Hanks goes down, we all go down. Yeah. Remember the Ellen Ellen's videos where she looked like she just got done crying, and she's like, yeah. The, I mean, yeah, it was weird. Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, if they're just if they're just all clones now. Um, well, he, he talked about deep fake technology back then, and I, I even said like, "Well, that sounds scary to be able to do that to somebody." And he said it was his brother. Every time you see interviews and stuff like that, that's his brother because his brother sounds just like him. He did. He said he did the voice for the toy uh, Woody. He did. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he said, yeah, he said he did that voice because he sounds just like him. And uh, yeah, he talked. He talked about how when I was on that base, everybody was bragging about how Tom Cruise went on the base. And I was like, you know, that guy Orlando said, Tom Cruise was here the other last week. And I said, what? He said, uh, they let him in the base. And I said, the underground base? Yeah. I said, Why? I said, I don't know. Like, he didn't know. And uh, Robert, he told me the, that uh, he was one of the main distributors for the Scientologists of the Dream Chrome. And uh, uh, he asked me that that album, uh, Little uh, Elephant by the White Stripes, had just came out like less than two years ago. And he said, you know that song, uh, Little Ghost? And I said, yeah. He's like, that's uh, Jack White was allowed into, not this base, but another base, another underground base. And he saw the little kid and talking about how, can you scare me up some love? He was saying was about like, you know, 
they got to put them through stress to get the drug and I guess scare, you know, and love is the drug they're extracting from the, the adrenochrome. I'm talking about how I thought I was holding a hand, but I was holding a glove or something like that. And he says, they're like veal because they never leave the cages. So when you touch their skin, it feels like it'll just fall right off of them, you know, because they have no kind of definition. Yeah. And he was just telling me all this stuff about how it was going to go down. And they were going to use that adrenochrome as like one of the biggest ways of just incriminating these people. Yeah. You know, you know where these drugs come from. So it's the same as murder, you know. Jesus. Uh that's a lot. That's I mean, we know we we know about this, right? We've there's people who've yeah. done digs on this, gone down the rabbit hole, but um hearing hearing it firsthand like this or there's a certain letter of the alphabet that Yeah. <laughs> or we we yeah, we've already I mean Yeah. We've we've already Oh, said you're talking it. about that? He brought up that too. He said that that was real, but then when it went away for seven or eight months. That happened like two years ago or something. Are you we talk, not allowed to say that letter? No, no you the can't. letter. You're talking about seven or seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. It started yeah, three talking. and a half years ago. Yeah, but yeah. they went. They yeah. there went. He, silent. he said that's what it was. It was like you know. Oh, the, the silence. Yeah. So what happened? Go ahead. Yeah, he, he said it was like the, the the quantum computer, and it was like a both officer and enlisted working together to try to like bring this down, and. uh he said it would go away for seven or eight months and then it would come back and that would, wouldn't be real. He said, but it doesn't matter because it's already happening by that time. So I don't know if you remember like two years ago, it, it went like it didn't and no posts happened for like seven or eight months. Yeah. And then it came back out of the blue and he says, when it comes back, that's going to be fake. But he said, it doesn't matter because it's already, the events are starting to happen. Everything is starting to happen by that time. Yeah. I kind of, so he feel said, yeah, it was, it was real in the beginning is what he told me. Yeah, mm. I've heard from like other remote viewers and 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 uh, channelers and stuff. You know, take it for what it is. But they, they, a few people have have looked into it and said somewhere along the line, it was hacked and it was no longer real anymore. Yeah, like when it took that, like when it was gone, he said it'd be gone for seven or eight months, and that's about how long it went away. And then yeah, you, when it comes back, you said it was a quantum computer. Yeah, he talked about a quantum computer. He talked about stuff like I didn't really know it was over my head, and he was saying like it was a conglomeration i remember he said it was both officer and enlisted like working together to just to try to remove just i mean you know as far as i can tell we're just ruled by a bunch of satanists and psychopaths just crazy people you know yeah <laughs> but it, that's but the it only way you could do that is just you're ruled by crazy people yeah but uh do you like it does appear that um it's being cleaned up now finally like it's like uh the the all these dark people that have been ruling us for so long and doing all this stuff it's finally getting cleaned up and these white hats are finally way. in control and we're being we're being helped by by benevolent ets it appears as well so like our basically our friends that that want to see us you know overcome this and not do everything for us but you know they're helping they're doing what they can mm -hmm. as well does that line up with what you heard I mean, yeah, I, I mean, what, what I experienced too, just not what I heard, but what I experienced. Yeah, they're not going to drag us across the finish line, but, and he also talked about, Robert talked about how it's going to be hard, but it has to be hard. So it will yeah. be ingrained in us that this will never happen again. Like yeah. It, he says it's going to be hard, but it has to be that way. So people will always remember, and this won't ever happen again. Wow. That, yeah, Did, that's exactly did he mention Trump's involvement at all? He mentioned Trump, but he just kind of said like, he's like, he's all right. 
he just said that he was just yeah. it was kind of like a military thing like we're doing everything like you know trump's just there he even mentioned about how uh the uh looking glass technology and how, how there was a uh was a 96 percentile he said that trump would win and then it was a three percent chance that hillary would win and then it was a one percent chance of this you know jeb bush just somehow wins out of nowhere just some sort of anomaly <laughs> it gave like a one percent of an anomaly chance but he said even if hillary clinton does win it would be it would the outcome would be the same it would just take mm-hmm. a little bit longer it was just yeah. trump would stay out of our way is what he said he said trump is staying out of our way that's how well, it. yeah and i i feel like he was um I feel like that's he was assisting. He wanted to assist in the military in this. You know, I, I, right now we have an administration who's clearly working against this timeline. Oh yeah, yeah. And this could have been an anomaly that they weren't expecting. But even so, it, but he even brought up. He even uh, said that about the gates, about how the fences were going to be in front of the White House, and about how uh, at first they believed that. Um, the politicians think that they're there to, the military is there to help them, but they're actually there to arrest them, to take them. And he talked about that. And I don't right. know if you remember that uh, the general that was in charge of that whole situation, he said, uh, we're here to oversee a peaceful transition of into military power. He didn't say into the Biden administration. He said into military power. I remember yeah. him saying that. Mm-hmm, yeah. He that wouldn't just make a mistake like that, you know, especially a general. So... Wow, this is incredible. We haven't even got into your time in the programs yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of going fast. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm this going is... as far as like I, I remember. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, it's all, it just... it's it all ties together. Though. That's it, it really does. It's all, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we can a part two will focus primarily on your time in the programs because I have a few more questions about what you're talking about now and what this guy told you. Um, I know you mentioned something about the Obamas. Um, did he say something about that too yeah yeah he said well yeah he he said that the way it started was like this as far as the military he said there's going to be a coup and when he said coup i was kind of like oh like which side what side should i be on like coups aren't good or you know and he's like no you're going to want this coup he's like you don't understand it it's going to get really bad and uh, he said uh it started with uh george bush senior and they hated him like the military hated him and then it went on to Clinton, and then that's when they started putting everything, all these events into action because they really hated Clinton. And then he went on about when he was talking to me, it was George Bush uh, Jr. And he said he's just like a pawn, like like we really don't care about him. He's just a, a dummy. And uh, then he said we're gonna have a black president. I said, oh really? He goes, yeah, his name's gonna be Barack Hussein Obama. And I went, what? Like we just <laughs> killed like Saddam Hussein like two years ago, like three years ago, like we just hung him. And I was like, what? We're gonna have a president named barack hussein obama and he said yeah and he's just kind and, of smiling what year what year was he telling you all this he told me in 2005 this was 2005 okay yeah so it was it was bush jr at the time when i was there okay and, and uh, uh so yeah what else did he say about barack he he said that you know he was just as dirty as the rest of them with everything you know with the, the drug and the kids and everything else and he was going to be hung, I believe. He, and he said he even said that he was going to try to say he take a uh, Kenyan citizenship to get out of it. And uh, he said he was from Kenya. And he said that his uh, wife was a uh, transgender, but they said that that was they didn't consider that important enough to like bring to the surface. Like, and I'm not sure if they said they hung both him and his wife, but him, uh, the Clintons, and he went on about the whole thing with the Clintons with the uh, with Hillary. 
And he said that he said five days ago was when I was tortured. And according to him, even though it was two years to me, but he saw the videotape three days ago of the, you know, the tape. And uh, he, I said, what is it? And he said, I can't say, I can't say. And he was really like, it really bugged them for me to bring it up. And I said, come on, tell me, what is it? And he finally just broke down. He's like, there's this, no, I'm sorry. That's not how it happened. He goes, they're going to hang the Clintons. And I said, oh, good. I, he said, he, I, I said, uh, he said, why? And I said, I hate them. He goes, oh, you hate the Clintons? I said, yeah. He goes, why? He goes, I said, they're murderers. And he's like, he got right in my face. And he's like, how did you know that? Like, he's like, how did you know they were murderers? <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I said, well, anytime that somebody investigates them, they wind up jumping out of a window or committing suicide. He goes, oh, that. He goes, well, that's true. Yeah. He's like, you don't understand, though. He's like, they're like Jeffrey Dahmer murders. And that's how he put it. He's like, they're murder murders. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, he said, Bill's not as bad, but, you know, he knows what Hillary's doing, doing it. So he's just as guilty. And I, I said, uh, what do you mean? He, he told me about the tape he saw and it, how she, uh, like, uh, you know, peeled the little girl's face off and was like mocking her with it and holding it in her front of her face like it was a mask. And the girl was screaming and he said, uh, he says, you don't understand. Yeah, he's like, when you see this they're way beyond girl, you're going to see one of your daughters. He goes, you're going to see your own daughter when you see this. Because he said that there's going to be a public hanging for them. They're going to eventually show the people this tape. And he's like, the people, and I remember I thought like public hanging sounded kind of savage to me or something. And he said, uh, you don't understand. Like when you see this, you're going to see your own daughter. And you're like the people of the world, not just of America, like are demanding this to happen. So it's like, it has to happen. And he told me that, yeah, that they're going to hang them publicly for, for that videotape. Yeah, he was really, he just saw it three days ago. Because like I said, he time traveled so much. But according to him, it was only three days ago he saw this. Wow. And man, it, this is just, this blows my mind that this was all told to you in 2005. Um, yeah, way before any of this. Yeah. Stuff and came and out. we've heard these, like, we've heard about these public hangings and all this stuff, but we haven't, we've yet to see that. And um, it's, I'm, I don't know. It probably has happened already, right? Um, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah but, and he talked about the uh, 10 days of darkness talked about okay. that but he said it's only gonna be three or four he said you know 10 is like if like everything possible goes wrong and he talked mm -hmm. about how it's going to be unlimited energy that's why they're doing it they were like transferring our grid into like a tesla kind of power unlimited energy and he says it might even not be a day it might be something very smooth and uh but you know he said three or four days he's like that's all it's going to be and uh he said uh is he mentioned gonna... something about a, a tv channel just dedicated that's all that's going to be on television and it's just going to be showing all these trials and stuff like that, all this stuff happening and showing people this, what everything that was happening and going on. I want, I wonder that if, we've already heard that. So that I wonder up. if something happened though, because this was 2005, right? I wonder if like timelines change. Like I, yeah. I wonder if like that, if any of that's even going to happen because um, he said know. it can, he said it, it can be prolonged, but it can't be stopped. According to looking glass. He says, he says they can really, he put it like this. He said, there's two master chess players and uh, the winner knows he's going to win in eight moves and the loser knows he's going to win in eight moves. But the, the loser won't resign is how he put it. He said, the loser is still taking pawns. So that's what all these fires are. He told me about the fires in Australia. Mm -hmm. He told me about how a third of Australia would burn down. He told me about the riots. He told me about how they're going to tear down all the statues. Was he the coronavirus the we put back up? Huh? Was was COVID done as like just a delay tactic, just to like? 
Yeah, he he said it was something done by the bad guys as like a delay thing, but it's mm. being used by the good guys as like cover. That lines up. Do things behind. So they're trying. They're taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, he said like everybody's gonna be wearing masks, and I said, "Am I?" He's like, "You're gonna have to," and I was like, "I, I would never wear a mask." <laughs> you know, you gotta go to the grocery store with it on and everything else. But yeah, it was just like, good lord, like I couldn't. Yeah, 2005, you never would have thought there'd be a president with a name Hussein in his name, but you certainly wouldn't have thought there'd be somebody, people, everybody would be wearing masks and everybody would be afraid of the flu and all this other stuff. And we'd have. About cardboard cutouts in our sports arenas and i mean yeah, yeah. well he said it, it's going to help us too Vaccine. as far as that's concerned because things like sports and even movies and stuff they're not going to be as a big deal to us after this we're going to be more concerned about yeah we're going to be more concerned about our politics and you know who's uh, electing our leaders we're going to take a bigger participation in, in those kind of events yeah the the, the roman circus isn't going to work so well anymore yeah yeah, yeah, and that, he he said, yeah, the movies are going to be, and he talked about streaming and stuff. That's going to be like the, the the new way of movies. Like they're not going to movies are going to be a thing in the past. They're going to have them every now and again or something like that. But sports and movies, they're gonna they're still going to be around, but they're not going to be nearly as popular as they used to be. Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, me, I used to be a diehard hockey fan, and now I could care less. You know, <laughs> uh, it's just literally seriously though it's like well when you start realizing what's taking place like it just becomes uh, so uninteresting it's like it's almost silly really mm-hmm. yeah it's very more important things in life that's for sure what the heck just happened Ooh. Mm. um that was weird um we're still recording though yeah um so is um is it gonna so did you let me see it. so <laughs> get it sorry out. get it out so obviously everything's going to come out at some point is it going to be is i'm guessing it's going to be some kind of a process like it's not is it going to be all at once kind of a thing or is it going to be like this thing comes out then this thing then it kind of builds or do you he know? says yeah he talked about the press and how they denied it and denied it and denied it and he says there's eventually going to come a time where the press just can't deny it anymore or just okay the hypocrisy and everything else that's coming out. And that's like another thing about this. He just talked about how there's going to be so much hypocrisy that the people are just, it's going to be shoved in people's face, you know, which mm-hmm. is about, you know, the I have an example I can think of is like the Russian collusion and all that other stuff. And then whenever anybody wants to try to investigate, you know, the Biden election, it's like, oh, that never happens. There could never be any kind of fraud or collusion. Or, yeah. You know, I mean, the people aren't dumb. I mean, or that China China is like behind all of them. Yeah. yeah. So what did this what did this feel like to you watching all this stuff play out, having already having like foresight that these events were going to happen? I honestly, when I got put into uh, when I got processed out of uh, Virginia for the first two weeks, I just it, I went it went through my head over and over again for like two weeks. You know, I have I have family I don't know about, I people I know don't know about, you know, I was on world I don't remember. And I just kept on I remember I had a post-it note with names on it and I read these names over and over and over and over and over again. And it got to the point where it was just driving me insane, you know, after about two weeks of doing this. And I was doing it for like two weeks. I I, I really didn't remember the guy and it, it, 
it wouldn't have been such a big deal, but the guy was telling me this telepathically and I forgot I could do that. You know what I mean? And number two, he was a captain of the United States Navy and he told me all this stuff. And it, it wasn't just some show like telling it off the street. It was just, this guy was telling me all this stuff. And I got to a point where I just said, this is going to drive me crazy. And I, I just have to forget about this. For you know what I mean? I just got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't yeah. think about this every day of my life. It will drive me nuts. <laughs> And I just got to a point where I said, I, I can't think about this anymore. And I threw the paper away and I just said, you can't think about this anymore. It was just driving me insane. Really? And that was one of the reasons he wanted me to go back in the chair, he said, because when uh, people have memories of the 20 year and back, like vivid memories like I have, you know, nine times out of 10, they, they kill themselves in the first six months. They just can't take it. You know, and that's why he, he was worried about, he kept on saying, this is going to destroy you. You know, if you don't go back to the chair, it's going to destroy you. Interesting. And I, uh, just being an experiencer myself and, and, and just having memories of some experiences, um, it can drive you nuts sometimes. Like, it, uh, <laughs> it, I, I, I can see, you know, just from the little bit that I remember, somebody who has a full recall of a 20 year tour in space um what that would do to you psychologically i i can't even imagine it, it, yeah it's not only that i mean it's it's the density thing too it's a big part of it and i think that's what he's talking about you realize you're being robbed you know what I mean? we're not supposed to be like this you kind of you get that feeling of just this isn't the way things aren't supposed to be we're supposed to be better than this but we're being artificially kept down you know yeah you have that feeling yeah Oh, for sure. Yeah. This not one of us that's going through this awakening can, I mean, we all would admit that something just feels off, you know, mm -hmm. like trying to go through that path of self-discovery and find true happiness is really difficult. Um, when you know that like everywhere you turn, you're just being stepped on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. so that, that, I remember, and he even told me though, he said, there's going to come a time where I guess when you're getting close to coming out of the time loop, I think everybody goes through this. You go through like almost like a process where you just start remembering more and more. And then once you get fully out of it, you remember a lot more. And I don't think I'm fully out of it yet, but uh, he says you're going to come to a time where you're just going to have to start telling people. He's like, you're going to get like an urge where you can't help it. Mm -hmm. You can't keep it to yourself anymore. And you're going to have to tell others. Wow. Yeah. Well, Thank you for coming forward and sharing what you're sharing. I mean, this is a, this is incredible stuff, and yeah. we haven't even gotten into anything off world yet, uh, except for the moon. Um, but for this first part, I guess um, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, and then uh, we'll be back again, guys. For the uh, we'll get into his time, his twenty years. He, even even the dog agrees that we've we've already spent enough time <laughs> on this. <laughs> um, All right, I live on a main road and. Somebody's walking by the house, sorry. Oh, it's no problem at all. Uh, we I have dogs that have kind of uh, interfered yeah, with used, us. We're used to that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, you guys, we will be back at, uh, in the next episode. We're going to uh, dive into the time in the program, so 20 years, and, and uh, because I, that's just as fascinating to me, uh, and I'm sure everybody else is dying to hear it, so um thanks for tuning in guys uh stay tuned for the next one we'll see you next time have a great night <laughs>